It's the Locked On Canes podcast, where it's all about the you. I am Corey Joyner. I am joined by co-host Fred Purdue. Make sure you guys go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Canes. Follow my individual account at CoreyJ863. And make sure you go follow Fred at Fred Purdue CFB. We are at the midweek point going into the Georgia Tech game. And we got a lot to unpack again today. Definitely, man. It's It's been a, a very eventful week. We've had some... Some QB controversy. We've had some some coaches saying things about quarterbacks and saying a lot of nothing, but saying a whole bunch of saying a lot of words, but not a whole bunch of nothing. We we know that as coach speak. So yeah, it's been a very interesting week, and we have a we got a certain Georgia Tech team to take care of, but we got a little bit of things, some some other things to take care of before we get there. Yeah, we're gonna kick things off today talking about Jaron Williams. Um, obviously, we all know he's been hurt. And he's been out of out of practice, out of the game. But he was practicing today. He was out on the field running drills uh, by video footage that we were able to, to capture for the media. And I don't know if he's going to play on Saturday. This is going to be a coach's decision. It's up in the air. So I don't think we're actually going to get any news on that probably until the actual game. Probably not. Uh, this would be the perfect time where that whole chess match that gamesmanship that most coaches love to do leave the other team guessing because there's really two guys that are qualified enough to actually be the starter. Nikosi played well. Jaron didn't play terrible. He played a little safe, but I wouldn't call him. I wouldn't say he played terrible in the previous games against Florida, North Carolina, uh, Virginia Tech, and, and Central Michigan. I wouldn't say he played terrible. He just he did enough to win games. So, But you could easily tell – uh, looking at the video that he, even though he was making he was making throws, that you could tell he was still bothered by that injury. I like that you used the word safe because that's definitely what reminds me of his play. He makes the safer throws. He tries to keep the completion percentage high. And Nikosi is a gamer. Nikosi is going to go out there and try to make the plays to win it for the team. Nikosi is going to run if he has to run. He's going to try and throw it on a rope if he has to bootleg out and scramble. So, you know, it's just pick your poison with, with these two quarterbacks. Obviously, the coaching staff wants to go with the safer um, pick, try to take care of the football. But the coach hasn't played half bad at all. And if that shoulder injury is still bothering Jared Williams, might as well just sit him down and play the coach's pair. Agreed. Uh, you never want to. The, the luxury is Miami has two guys that really have the ability to uh, to start. Uh, and and run this offense effectively, but Jaron mm-hmm. is the better pocket passing talent. Uh, I've been more I've been more on the uh, the Jaron Williams. Um, I've backed him more than any than Nikosi mainly. I like a quarter for me. I prefer a quarterback that is able to sit back in the pocket and he has the athleticism to take to take off and makes plays with his feet. But he's going to sit back and throw darts, and that's what. That's what Jaron has done. Now, how well has he been protected? That's a whole different ball game. But when he's had time, he's been able to make safe throws. He's been able to throw the ball down the field a little bit as well. But for the most part, um, he's been able to just get, play game manager. And that's what I think they, I think the coaching staff wanted early on and let the running game take care of him and just uh, open up and take care of this offensive line that is very, very young. Very, very young. Let me emphasize that one more time. Very, very young. 
so the, that's the formula. Uh, but you know, we ha- there's some other options. You know, you have uh, for a packet, and I'm not gonna say for a full game, but you could also throw uh, Tate Martell back there uh, for some Wildcat. You can also throw DJ Dallas back there as another wrinkle as far as the Wildcat is concerned and, and make plays. I mean, I've seen, I've seen it where this team literally goes Wildcat for a whole drive because it's working and the run game is working. Now, that was last year, not this year, but um, I think the Canes are fine when it comes to the quarterback position. It's more so what who's available because we know availability is your best asset that's true and i would love to see tate come in for some packages as well have him throw the ball around a little bit especially with jerry williams being hurt and giving him a shot to you know to make some plays um he's been practicing mostly at wide receiver haven't seen him too much on the field i know the gator game he was out there um a lot of the time and a lot of people was questioning why is he at the receiver spot so much for this game. And we got other young receivers that have, you know, shown some flashes, but you just putting this guy out there who just transitioned to wide receiver. But it really just depends on the, the chess match that's going on between the coaches of each team. And I think having Tate uh, for a few sub packages, especially for the Georgia Tech game, because, uh, you know, Georgia Tech, they run that option Offense. Not so, so it's fast, be my a lot. friend. They've transitioned away from that option. That option offense. Uh, Jeff Collins is now there, and Paul Johnson. That that we we talked about that. Um, you know, the one thing I've been seeing with that Georgia Tech team is now the defense has a whole a whole different type of scheme to have to prepare for. So uh, it's similar similar concepts, but a lot more of the traditional shotgun stuff that you normally see. Oh well. I, well, I might have to look that up, but we're going to see it on Saturday. I thought Georgia Tech would never change that offensive philosophy. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's good. Change is, change is good. So, good good for them. Good for Georgia Tech. Now, now we talked to – Go ahead. Sorry. No, nah, you're fine. Now, we talked about our, our quarterback situation. Um, just before we move on, what is your prediction for Saturday? Will we see some Jaron Williams or will it be Nikosi Perry? Keep talking. I dropped my headset. I'll edit it. All right, and just before we move on to the next segment, uh, just want to get your prediction on who the quarterback will be. Will it be either Jared Williams? Will he come back from that injury? Or will it be Nikosi Perry? For me, before you answer that, I say Nikosi Perry gets to start again. Um, Just giving Jared Williams that extra week to heal. Uh, going into this game, Nikosi's played well. The team has rallied around him. And Jaron's still a freshman. He's still a young kid. Let the boy fully heal up and then get him back out there for the last five games of the season, permitting that he's healthy. Yeah, I think Nikosi's going to be the guy, despite all the chitter-chatter about Jaron and everything. I think if push comes to shove and you need – you need him to if this was a if this was let's say if this was the ACC title game and Miami was right where they needed to be or if this game was when you win and you get into the ACC title game or something similar to that i think Jaron would play but knowing that right now you're going up against an opponent who 
I, I hate to – I don't want to discount the team, the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets because they're one and five because that's how you get beat a la uh, Central Michigan who we thought – many of those fans, fans and players alike thought that that team would just lay down because they're a lesser team. No, not so fast. So uh, I think Nicosia will be the guy, let Jaron heal up, and Jaron will be able to get his job back to bar- – Barring, and this is this is really really out there, but if Nikosi just has a just a knock it out of the park game, I think that'll really kind of change some things. But I don't think Nikosi will have to. I don't think that's gonna be just a crazy outcome. Uh, I think if he keeps playing well, it'll be a week to week competition kind of thing, and whoever's the best guy will will play that weekend. All right, I see we also agree there with Nikosi Perez starting, so we will find out officially probably on Saturday. Uh, you spoke about that gamesmanship. But let's have a look at the rest of this roster, how this roster is constructed moving forward for the rest of the season and going into the recruiting um, this offseason. So looking over the roster for the Miami Hurricanes, um, we are very young on offense. And actually, I want to start there on offense with how young we are but being young that's not a bad thing that's a great thing because they still have potential they still have potential to go out there and become a juggernaut on offense definitely uh when i look at this this team offensively uh the offensive line is sticks out like a sore thumb uh you have a red you have a true freshman left tackle you have a red shirt sophomore center a junior guard, left guard in Devon Donaldson, but you also have a true freshman right guard and a sophomore right tackle in DJ Scape. And just to back those guys up, you have John Campbell, who is a red shirt freshman at right tackle. You also have uh, you have Trace uh, Treyor Olsman, uh, a red shirt freshman transfer transfer. You also have uh, Kai Herbert, Kyleon Herbert, a red shirt sophomore. So. Those guys, just the, and for me, what, what I look for, I always say both lines of scrimmage are where, where games are won and lost. So, and we, it was very, very evident uh, when we played teams like Florida uh, because you could tell the more experienced teams, the more the team, these SEC like teams, that's where they win up front. The, everyone gets really enamored with guys like Jeff Thomas and Mike Harley, those guys are great. But if you can't win at the line of scrimmage, as we're seeing this year, uh, even whether it's the run game or the pass game, you're really going to have issues. Uh, so for, you also have a redshirt freshman quarterback and also a redshirt sophomore quarterback. Uh, and if you really want to add in Tate Martell to the mix, he's a redshirt sophomore as well. So that's that's huge. Uh, Jordan, uh, Brevin Jordan is also a sophomore. So and Will Mallory, you're. Both of your tight ends are sophomores, so you're very, very young. These guys have two, at least two years max to uh, to come in and, and still make some headway before they decide if they want to go to, on to the NFL. Guys like Brevin Jordan will be well, – he's, he's a definite – he's gone in three years. It's just That's just the way it is. Uh, Jeff Thomas, more than likely, he's gone after this year, which leaves guys like Mark Pope, who's a sophomore – uh, Brian Hightower, who's also a sophomore. D. Wiggins, who's a sophomore. You have a lot of young talent who these guys will be here for two more years. And while you're developing them, you you still have the ability to go out and recruiting and, and recruit some receivers uh, that can help out the team. 
and not only recruit some receivers, we can also get some receivers to transfer over to the program. You forgot to mention Tate Martell. He's a receiver now. Um, you never know. He could develop into something. He could be the next Braxton Berrios <laughs> out of the yeah. slot. You, hey, I, I think he can do it. I, I, I believe in Tate. Okay. In Mar- okay. 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 I'm good with that one. I'm good with that one. Now, on the defense. But, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Before we move on to the defense, with the offense, I just want to know, how can we get some of those big, beefy, corn-fed offensive linemen like the Wisconsin's? And 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 the the Midwest teams. How are we gonna? How can we get some of those linemen to come block for our running backs? Cause I, I, I just can't understand. We have so much talent at the skill position. If we just had an offensive line that was just beefed up, like those offensive lines, what damage this team could do? You know, I hear that all the time. But you know, if you actually put a Wisconsin line uh, in front of a guy like a DJ Dallas with all that speed. Uh, you put that line at, at Miami. If we just said for one for one game, let's just trade a full wholesale trade Miami's offensive line for Wisconsin Wisconsin's offensive line, it wouldn't work. Uh, it's all about scheme. Miami wants to be more of a zone type of team, uh, but the problem is uh, the offensive line is very is fairly young. It all comes down to technique. Uh, Wisconsin, they're more of a, a bully. They play bully ball. They do a lot of what Georgia does. They want to. They want to be. It's man on man, a hat on a hat. Uh, you see a lot of inside zone, but for the most part, it's 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 find a hole, make give the running back easy holes to run through. And a lot of those guys aren't four and five star uh, linemen uh, who are the, who are in the state of Wisconsin. A lot of these guys are two and three star linemen, and they are well developed. I remember even. Uh, and I, I know we're talking about a whole other team here. So, uh, but for me, when I look at how that team has always been developed, whether it was Barry Alvarez uh, when he was at Wisconsin, or whether it was Brett Bielema, who's now with the New England Patriots, uh, he those guys developed offensive linemen from the ground up. So they look big, they look strong. That's great, but it doesn't fit what would happen down here in the southern read the southern part of the country where real college football is played. And no disrespect to the Big Ten, but uh, real college football is played down and down south. And we need Miami needs quicker, more agile linemen for your left tackle. You're looking for that dancing bear. Well, that's what we call it, a dancing bear, a guy that is light on his feet. Uh, when you think the days of a guy like Bryant McKinney, who's 6'8", like two, 330 pounds, those days are over with. You know, you need lighter, lighter linemen. You need linemen that are able to uh, to go out and uh, to be able to uh, take on a line a linebacker as he's pulling around uh, around the edge if he's or a guard like a you want a guard like a Brandon Linder from uh, yesterday's past at Miami or a Casey McDermott you want guys like that uh, you don't necessarily want a guy like a Chantrell Henderson who's six, again six eight and 330 340 pounds because he's all he can do he's going to be able to be a great mauler, but these the smaller defensive linemen who they like to speed rush, that's what they're wanting to do. He won't he won't hold up in pass pro. It just won't happen. Well, I can dream, man. And I I, I would like to see a more beefed up line. I want us to bully some defensive lines. Speaking of defensive lines, our defensive line, our front seven, I like what we have up front. I like the, I like the freshman uh Greg Russo. Yes. Garvin. 
Definitely. Pat Bev. Definitely love, Jonathan Ford. love those guys. Our, our, our linebacking court, Shaq Quarterman, Michael Pickney. These guys up front, man, these guys are, are, are really good players for the system that we play. And the intensity that they showed last week, uh, that's the intensity they need to show for the rest of the season because they're, you know, part of the strength of this team. Yes, definitely. When I look at this team, uh, and this is a this is an upperclassman laden group. I mean, you have just a, amongst the two deep, you have John Garvin, who's a junior, Pat Bethel, who's a senior, John Ford, who's a, a junior, Scott Patchen, who's a redshirt senior, just along the D line. Greg Russo, yeah, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, Jordan Miller's a redshirt freshman as well, um, as well as uh, Jafari uh, Jafari Harvey, who's a, a true freshman. Nesta Silvera, who's also a, tr- a true sophomore, those guys are those guys are going to be huge for the development of this D line going forward. The young guys, that is. Uh, but this group is a those that's the future. Uh, the Russos, the Millers, uh, the Silvera, Silveras, those guys are the future. Uh, as far as linebackers concerned, we've seen the, the same cast of characters for the last three years. Whether it's Shaq Quarterman. Uh, whether it's Romeo Finley, who's kind of transitioned from being a safety to a linebacker to now he's a bit of a hybrid as well as as far as being a striker. Uh, you also have Michael Pinkney, who's the weak side linebacker. He's a senior as well. So uh, the guy that didn't get mentioned is Zach McLeod, who's decided to redshirt uh, as a senior. And due to these new redshirt rules, you can play up to four games and still redshirt. It's weird to me. I will never get used to it. Uh, but he's going to be him coming back will be great for a guy like Sam Brooks Jr., who's a f- true freshman right now, and Gilbert Frierson, who's also a redshirt freshman at that striker position. Uh, he'll be a great piece of leadership for those guys, and being able to sh- bring that same leadership that that guys like Shaq Quarterman and Michael Pinkney brought, and showing these guys, these young guys, how they did it uh, when they came in, because a lot of the mistakes that you see on the field on defense and everyone's wondering why is Miami's defense not playing aggressive well you had you lost three guys in the secondary you lost Jaquan Johnson you lost Sheldrick Redwine also and Michael Jackson you lost three big time players to the NFL those were three seniors you lost you also lost guys like uh, Gerald Willis last year to the draft so when you lose that much talent which Gerald Willis was led it was top five in the country in tackles for loss so if you're tackling a if you're get, push, putting that uh, putting that offense in a negative situation easily in the first in the first two downs, third down you can come after a team easily. You, if you're locking up in the secondary, that makes your life easy. That's just simple football. So now you're having to deal with replacing those guys, and that's where coaching comes in. Manny Diaz is also he's a defensive coach. He didn't have his fingers all fingerprints all over the defense this year. Now he's kind of have having a little bit more input. So yeah, you have guys like Trevon Hill, who's the the transfer from Virginia Tech. He's he's the buffer. He's the we think of if you think of it in quarterback terms, he's the they're the bridge players. You know, when we talk about quarterbacks, at least at the pro level, we think of, of that bridge quarterback, an older guy that may be able to hold down the fort until the young guy is either drafted or developed. Well, Trevon Hill is the bridge player. Shaq Quarterman at this point is the bridge player. He's right now he's the leader on defense, but he's also a bridge player to to help out uh, the the development of a guy like a Sam Brooks. And Coach Diaz touched on this briefly in his presser 
earlier this week where he spoke about having that that experience leadership on the team you need those guys who've been here in the program to help rally the troops to help get everyone together especially when times get tough in games where you're going to have to respond because there's no game that this team is going to play where their back uh will not at some point be against the wall so though that leadership coming back um, those guys coming back as seniors will be huge for the team moving forward and going deeper into um the future and how the Miami Hurricanes will look going forward will be the recruiting and what players will be coming in here um, in 2020 and beyond. So we got a little bit of recruiting news um, that has been hitting, hitting, hitting the, the Twitter feed, hitting the, um, hitting the web, man, that, that kind of tells my age hitting the web. Nobody Ooh. really says the Ooh. web. No You're tell- <laughs> really telling your age. Yeah. Not as young as I used to be. I'm Uncle Corey now. But, but yeah, we have some recruiting news uh, with players that have decommitted. Uh, J- yeah, Jalen Harrell has been has decommitted from Florida State and also decided to re-up his, his, his interest in the program. So you're going to see you're going to see a lot of that happening throughout the throughout the season. Uh, but you're also seeing uh, different players that are just moving around uh, in their recruiting process right now. Um, for me, I, I don't really pay attention to it as much right now because it doesn't really affect the team. Uh, players are these young high school players are going to be uh, jumping around, trying to get their footing, trying to understand these different programs, and they they commit, they may decommit. Uh, multiple times throughout the process and uh, for me when I look at it I say what I, I look more so at the guys that are actually committed and what can they bring to the table yeah looking at uh, some of these these young guys uh, coming in and you say at this point as far as the recruiting that these kids are gonna flip-flop with their responses is they're going to come to the school if they're not going to come to the school. But we won't fully know until they're actually signed and actually coming to the school. But, it, you know, it's fun to go back and forth and to see, you know, who's getting the most recruits, who's getting the top players, the three-star, the four-star, the five-star players. And um, one of the exciting recruiting positions for us coming up will be the kicker position. Like we we've been spoiled at kicker. We spoke about it on the last podcast, but we could definitely use a, a top tier five star kicker coming out of high school this uh, upcoming spring. Yeah, kicker has been an issue, but I think kicker is also an issue across the country. Uh, I think Miami will be looking in the transfer portal, uh, maybe at a certain Arizona State kicker that has decided to transfer as well. That'll be something to kind of keep an eye on. But for right now, Bubba Baxa has a lot, and Turner Davidson will both have to really uh, be on their game because at the end of the day, these guys are what we have right now, and that's what Miami's going to have to roll with. Uh, I think most college, most teams, college teams, they always have multiple kickers, but kicker is one of those things that it, it it's a it's a tough position to recruit for. It's also a tough position even for the pros to draft, and we've seen it, you know 
year after year, how many times do you see kickers that come in and they're just, you think, oh, they've been great in college and, well, they're going to move on to the pros and they'll be great. Uh, it's even worse in, in high school because you just don't know. I mean, you have, when you whether it's you're the, the big fish and let's say you're living in the state of North Carolina or if you're living in Montana and you just have this big leg, it doesn't, it doesn't guarantee that you're able to, to kick with accuracy. And that's one of the things that's really going to have to be addressed. I mean, even the school schools like Alabama struggle with bringing in good kickers, and they bring in five-star kickers. So don't get enamored too much with the stars. Uh, it's It really comes down to coaching and development. Wait, I got a little excited over the kicker position. Kickers need love too, Fred. <laughs> kickers need love too. Don't do the kickers like that. I won't do the kickers like that, but you know – Canes fans, they get very excited about, you know, the the prospects that you're continuing to to have come to your school. You know, Miami used to be called running back U, and it's been a while since Miami's really no disrespect to guys like DJ Dallas and 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 Cam Harris, but Miami hasn't had a just a game breaking running back in a while. Uh, right now, Miami has a commitment from Don Chaney Jr., who's a four-star recruit. He's also the number five running back in the state uh, and the number six running back uh, in the country. So uh, for me, that that just tells you how how well you know this running back class is. And I've seen a couple, one being one going to to the defending national champions, uh, the Clemson Tigers. I've also seen one of their their running back commits. Don Chaney's not on that level, but he's right there. Uh, he's 5'10", he's 203, he's got, he's got home run speed. The only problem is he plays in one of those option offenses that really doesn't help showcase him. He had to play a little quarterback early on. So those are all issues that you have to deal with playing at the high school level. Now, before we get out of here, uh, what position do you feel like we need to recruit the hardest going into um, – 2020 going into 2020 I think the defensive line is going to be the toughest position uh, you have guys uh, that are being recruited like Chance Williams who's 6'4 238 pounds he's uh, the number five defensive lineman uh, in the country uh, weak side defensive end that is you also have guys um, coming in also like Willie Moyes who is a 6'3 291 pounds 291 pound defensive tackle coming out of uh, Shamadal Madonna Prep uh, down in Hollywood, Florida. These guys are going to be the the rock of what is being built because you're losing so much at the defense on the defensive line. Uh, that's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to to do that. Another guy to really watch out for is Elijah Roberts, who is a uh, 6'3", 270-pound defensive lineman out of Columbus High School down in Miami. So those guys are going to be critical parts, and they may get early playing time because of the fact that, you know, Miami's losing a ton. A ton. We talked about it earlier. You're losing uh, guys like Pat Bethel, Scott Patchen. Yeah, you have guys like Greg Russo, but... He's still young, but he's not gonna be he's not gonna be a redshirt freshman forever. And technically, after next year, he can leave and go on to the NFL. And with his size, height, weight, speed, and you know, every coaches get enamored with guys like him, uh, especially with his comparison to Calais Campbell, who's now with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Some coach may say, "I can I can do something with him." And you know how guys like to leave early; they want to get to that second contract. There's plenty of variables that go into this type of thing. All right, well, that will do it for us today. Uh, make sure you guys 
Go download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked on Canes podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Follow my Twitter account at CoreyJ863. And make sure you follow Fred at Fred Purdue CFB. That'll do it for us today. And stay tuned. We have two more shows this week before the Georgia Tech game. We're going to preview our thoughts going into the game. We got a special interview that we want you guys to make sure you listen to and be a part of. And we're going to give you some new nuggets and notes right before that game. Until next, until next time, folks, go Canes. Go Canes.